What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On today's episode, I'll take you through my full conference finals predictions. We'll take a look at what's next for the Rockets after another disappointing loss to the Warriors. And with the NBA on the verge of what seems like a paradigm shift this summer, we'll have a look at what team is most likely to step up and become the NBA's next dynasty. Plus, we've got another stat of the week and bold prediction coming up. So without any further ado, let's just get into it. What's up guys, welcome back to Around the Arc, I'm Jamie, and we've now made it to the conference finals now. Now before before I get into my predictions for, for this round of the playoffs, I just want to take a, a little moment to appreciate just how amazing and how damn entertaining that second round was. That's got to be one of the most thrilling, exciting second rounds of a playoffs that we've had in recent memory. I mean... Although the although the Milwaukee Boston series was relatively short, just five games, you still had plenty of drama and storylines there. Um, the Houston Golden State series that was a thrilling, nail biting six game series, and obviously you had the Kevin Durant injury there, which is gonna the effect of that is gonna kind of carry over into the conference finals as I'll get into. And then, of course, we had the two seven-game series between Portland and Denver, and then Toronto and Philadelphia, where Portland kind of upset Denver at home in Game 7, erasing a 17-point deficit at one point. And then CJ McCollum, just how good was he? Not just scoring the 37 points, making it look smooth as anything, but the LeBron-esque chase-down block that he had on Jamal Murray in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. Just just spectacular. And then, of course, how could we forget Toronto-Philadelphia, that back-and-forth series that ended with the first-ever game-winner in a Game 7 
ever uh, with Kawhi. And just a fitting end to what was such an exciting series. And that that shot, I'll talk about the shot in a, a little bit later on. But, I mean, have we ever seen a game winner like that to, to bounce off the rim like four or five times before dropping just... Just an absolutely incredible shot, absolutely, absolutely incredible ending to a brilliant second round. Now, hopefully, hopefully this trend can continue, and we can get some equally entertaining conference finals matchups. And with that, I think it's time to get into my predictions. So I'm gonna start in the West with the Warriors Blazers series in which I have Golden State winning in six games. Now, with Kevin Durant healthy, I think Portland, they don't really have any shot, but now that it's come out that KD's going to miss game one and possibly game two, Portland, the Blazers, they've got a great chance to steal a game on the road in this, I think, without, without KD. I think they can at least get a split there. And then with the way this team has played all playoffs long, I think they're good enough to then get at least one win at home too once KD returns. Now, for the for the Trailblazers to have even a puncher's chance against the defending champs, they're going to need CJ McCollum to keep up this kind of superstar level of play that he's been showing, especially in round two against the Nuggets. And not only that, they're going to need Damian Lillard. They're going to need first-round Damian Lillard. And the Damian Lillard that showed up against the Thunder and just absolutely torched them. They're going to need both of these guys at the top of their game if Portland are going to want to hang around with this with this Warriors team. And if his career up until this point can tell us anything, it's that Lillard usually plays really, really well against the Warriors. I mean, he's had has he had two fifty point games against them? I remember he had that one fifty one point explosion uh, a couple years ago, uh during the Warriors seventy three win season. And I mean even back to his back to his rookie year, he's always seemingly just put on amazing uh, displays, amazing performances against this Golden State team. But then, on the other side for Warriors, the key for them is just health. Uh, I think, as I've said, with Durant healthy, it's pretty much game over. I mean, not for the Blazers, but for the entire league. The question is, in this series anyway, how long will the dubs kind of leave the door open, so to speak, for Portland? Because you give this Blazers team a chance, they're going to they're going to seize it as they've as they've proven time and time again in this in this postseason run so that'll be that'll be something interesting to watch see when KD comes back but i'm expecting a relatively hard fought and yes entertaining entertaining six game series in the western conference finals now with the east we've got the two best teams from the conference all year in toronto and Milwaukee and in this one here although Milwaukee are favored and have home court 
I just don't feel like betting against Kawhi right now. That just doesn't seem like a wise move. So I've picked the Raptors in seven in this series. Plus, I had I already had them picked to make the finals before before the playoffs started. So um, I feel like I should just stick with my pick. And yeah, that's what that's what I'm gonna do. Now you see that this series has all the makings of a legendary, a legendary playoff playoff series because on paper these teams they're very similar um they both they both have a single superstar you know you've got Giannis for the Bucks and Kawhi for the Raptors both teams have a legitimate second option or second star for the Bucks that's Chris Middleton and for the Raptors that's Pascal Siakam who's emerged especially in the playoffs this year both teams have all-star caliber point guards who have each had their struggles in the playoffs, and obviously I'm talking about Eric Bledsoe for the Bucks and Kyle Lowry for the for the Raptors, and then both teams also have three point shooting centers. So that's Mark Gasol for Toronto and Brooke Lopez from Milwaukee. Although Mark Gasol is more than just a a spot up sure he's a much better all around player than Lopez is, but. Um, Similar play styles, Mark Sol's just got a more kind of expanded all-around skill set. So with all these similarities, I think the biggest factor that's going to determine who wins this series, it will inevitably come down to who establishes themselves as the best player in this series. And although I have... Yanis as the MVP and he seems set to kind of take over the league from LeBron in the next year or two and couple he's been outstanding in the playoffs so far especially in those last four games against Boston I still think Kawhi is just a shade better at this point he's a shade better all around and like I said I just do not feel like it's a smart move to bet against this guy at the moment with the tear that he has been on uh, this postseason. So just by a hair, I'm picking Kawhi and the Raptors. And I feel like I should also mention the X-Factors in this series as well, because obviously it's not just going to be, you know, a Yanis versus Kawhi show. So for Toronto... I think their X factor is definitely their bench, who they're going to need a lot more in this series than they did against Philly. And yeah, so they are going to need to have a bounce back series as a unit. Yeah, after, like I said, that just horrific showing against Philadelphia in round two. Uh, Serge Ibaka, he's been good off the bench, especially in game seven where he was, he was ridiculous ridiculous and he hit three threes he had 17 points was great defensively so they're going to need that Ibaka plus uh, other guys like especially Fred Van Vliet and Norman Powell I think those are going to be those are going to be a couple of other key guys in Toronto's rotation and then for the Bucks I think their X factor is Eric Bledsoe so if if Milwaukee can get the aggressive Bledsoe, who doesn't force it, you know, while while making good decisions, um, and if his shots falling, I know that's a lot to ask for, but we've seen that he can do this. If we if Milwaukee gets that version of Eric Bledsoe, 
then this Bucks team, they're near impossible to beat. Um, but he'll have to do it consistently, which to this point he hasn't shown he can do over over a long series yet. But um, we'll have we'll have to wait and see with that. And actually, I think the point guard matchup in general between Bledsoe and Lowry is going to be uh, an important one to watch, and could end up being a key indicator in who wins game to game. You know, if we look at who wins the who wins the point guard battle. So that could actually be a bit of a, a bit of an X factor for both teams, but all in all, very evenly matched squads. Two of the top three players in the world right now. I mean, what's not to love? I think definitely going to be a long series in there, six or seven games, minimum of six. Um, and like I said, I've got the I've got the Raptors advancing in seven games there. All right, stat of the week time. Now, I've already mentioned Kawhi's ridiculous game winner in game seven. And not only was that the first ever buzzer beater in a game seven in NBA history, not only that, but there have now been seven series clinching game winners in all of NBA history. And we have now had two in this year alone. I think that stat can symbolize just how entertaining these playoffs have been. And who knows? It might not be the last one. Never know. All right, moving on. So, Houston Rockets. What's next for them? I want to talk about them for a bit. So, the Houston Rockets, their season came to an end last week when they were once again beaten by the Warriors in the playoffs. I think that's the fourth time in the last five years that the Warriors have knocked the Rockets out of the playoffs. And this time it was six-game series. And after so many people had said that the Rockets would have prevailed last year and actually beaten the Warriors if it wasn't for Chris Paul's injury in Game 5, like for all, for all the people that said that, Houston were presented with such a golden opportunity this year to kind of put that debate to bed. I know they're not exactly the, I uh, know Houston's not exactly the same team this year, but it was as good an opportunity as any to put that debate to bed when Kevin Durant went down with that calf strain in the third quarter of game five. And they were not able to prevail in that game where Golden State kind of turned back into the 73-win team without KD from a few years ago. And won game five handedly. And then Steph Curry just went mental in the second half of game six with 33 points, 23 in the fourth quarter. But even even with the play of the Splash Bros and and Golden State as a team in in the fourth quarter of Game 5 and then the second half of Game 6. Even with all that, the Rockets, they still had their chances down the stretch of that Game 6, but they just they just couldn't execute and ended up falling, I think, by five points. So a heartbreaking loss for the Rockets, but question is, where do they go from here? Now, you probably all know Einstein's theory of insanity, don't do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. 
So I think the Rockets need to embrace that philosophy now. They've for the past two years they've they've tried to dethrone this Golden State team as they're presently assembled, but I think this year that proves that they can't quite get over that hump there. So I do think that some changes need to be made with this team. So we're just gonna we're gonna get into what I think they can do uh, to hopefully be back with a shot at true contention next year. So first off, let's start with the coaching situation. Should they fire Mike D'Antoni? I don't think so. I think he's he's proven that he can be a very very good NBA head coach, especially offensively as everyone knows, but that being said, I think we're now at the stage where he does need to alter this Rocket system a little bit, which over the past couple of years, it's basically been James Harden isos, James Harden pick and rolls, and then just a heck of a lot of spot-up three-point shooting. I mean, there's not too much ball movement on this team, and there's not a whole lot of like off-ball player movement. So I think that's something that D'Antoni should look to incorporate a bit more going forward. And I'd, I would maybe have uh, James Harden work on his off-ball game in the summer, add that new element to to his game. And if he incorporated a bit more of that next year into, into this system, I think... Chris Paul would have more opportunities to play like a true point guard again, like he was used to in New Orleans and, and LA with the Clippers. Um, just at times, though. And and then that would allow James Harden to play more like a traditional two guard at times, not not as ball dominant as he's been in the past. And I think this would this would be good for, for a couple of reasons, or a few reasons, actually. One, having lots of ball movement and player movement is never a bad thing, like no matter who's on your team. So um, it builds chemistry, it gets everyone involved, it keeps everyone engaged and and focused on, on both ends. And then specifically, I think this style of play would open up things more for Chris Paul to be more productive, maybe in, in less in less minutes, maybe, but I think it would open things up for him to be more productive and assertive. And most importantly, I think this would lessen the workload on Harden, which would potentially make him fresher come playoff time. So, no, I don't think they need to get a new coach, but I do think they need to make some tweaks to their offensive system. Now, moving on to their personnel and what they can do here. At the moment, they're Houston, they're pretty much set in terms of salary. I mean, they would have enough to sign maybe one more guy for around, I don't know, $7, 8000000 million a year. So looking at who could potentially be available, someone like Wesley Matthews or they could maybe get Trevor Ariza back, they would they would be valuable pickups, guys like that. Given the fact that the Rockets, they do kind of need a bit more depth at the wing. I think that's something they did struggle with this year uh, after uh, Ariza and Mbamute departed after last season. So that's something they could look at. And then in the way of trades, the Rockets, they've 
basically got two real assets that they could move, and that is Eric Gordon and Clint Capella. Now, I think Eric Gordon, he, as he proved in the playoffs, I think he's more valuable to this team at the moment than Capella is. Um, so I would only really look to deal him if I can get a surefire upgrade on the winger as a as a bench scorer to kind of fill in the role that that Gordon has assumed with this Rockets team and kind of thrived in the past few years. But you've also got to consider age with Gordon as he's getting up there into his 30s and given his injury history, it is hard to know how much longer he can kind of how long how much longer his body will hold up. So maybe now is the best time to trade him when his value is at its highest that it's going to be probably after that really impressive playoff run this year, especially in round two against the Warriors. And then with Capella, I think this, the Golden State series, it may be proved that he might not be as essential or as valuable to this team as we all may have thought, you know, during the regular season, because I mean, he had a career year this year after like 16.5 points, 12.5 rebounds. I mean, that is pretty pretty legit stat line for for a center, and he, he seems to fit in fit the mold perfectly of the kind of run, dunk, jump, and rebound center who could kind of anchor the defense as well, but he was kind of exposed in that Golden State series and didn't play anywhere near up to up to his level that he showed during the regular season. So well, I think they they might actually be better trading him for for a decent to pretty darn good perimeter player, actually, and then uh in order to fill the void left in the middle. Michael they could just they could find a couple of like two or three serviceable centers to just kind of fill that hole by committee, kind of doing um you know similar to what the Warriors have done in this in this run that they've had you know where they've just had guys like Andrew Boga, Jordan Bell, Kevon Looney, and 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 others just kind of step into that to that center role and just kind of you know play by committee and that could that could fit Houston's style more since they're a more perimeter oriented team anyway so getting another getting another threat on the perimeter might be might be a wise move for them so they don't have too much flexibility but they do have enough where if they make a couple of uh system changes with their offense and then maybe maybe just make one or two moves in the off season you know that that could be enough and while i know you may you may think that oh just a couple of minor changes and improvements that that won't really do much in terms of Houston's championship aspirations but we've got to remember that that Golden State they'll most likely be without KD next year there's a smaller chance but still a chance that they might be without Clay and DeMarcus Cousins as well so with that kind of depleted Golden State roster, of course they're still going to be good, but nowhere near as kind of unbeatable as they are at the moment. That would really open up the door, especially in the Western Conference. And at this very moment, Houston seems like the most likely team 
to come in and kind of assume control of the conference and kind of establish themselves as the as the best in the West. And then if that happens, all of a sudden those few minor improvements could prove to be the difference between making the NBA finals next year, potentially, and another or another disappointing early playoff exit like they have unfortunately become accustomed to in recent years so be interesting to see what they what they do this summer um no doubt that their uh that daryl morey has some sort of plan going forward but that's just that's just my take on on their situation what they what they could do this summer Okay, prediction time. I'm going ultra specific this week. Now, Damian Lillard, he will post his second 50-point game of the playoffs in these conference finals against the Warriors. And just to be extra specific, it's going to happen in game four, let's say. So let's see. All right, so for our final topic of today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about the future of the NBA, so, you know, going into next year and kind of beyond that. So the NBA this summer is looking like it's set to undergo a paradigm shift as the most dominant team over the past five years and one of the most dominant teams the in recent NBA history is set to break up, at least partially. So as I've already touched on a little bit, Kevin Durant, he's likely leaving the Warriors. And with some of the other core guys on that team, you know, not getting any younger, the the hypothetical doors appear to be set to just blow wide open across the entire league. But as I, as I said in that Houston segment there, especially in the Western Conference, so what I want to do, I want to take a little look at which teams are kind of most primed to kind of step into that contender, potential dynasty role that Golden State is going to leave behind it when when their core kind of kind of breaks up. So the first te- the first team I wanted to mention, kind of as as an honorable mention, you could say, is the Dallas Mavericks. Now, I say they're an honorable mention because I still think they're a couple of years away, but they certainly have a dynasty foundation in Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, both of whom have the potential to be top five players in this league in as early as the next, you know, two to three years when they when they begin to hit their primes. So couple that dynamic duo with one of the best coaches in the NBA in Rick Carlisle and an organization in the Mavericks that has a history of winning. That is the recipe for a dominant team for the next kind of decade if they can if they can make the ni- the the smart the smart small moves here and there to kind of build the team around their two stars. And obviously, if health can hold up, then this this team is set to is set to dominate for for yeah the next ten years. They could 
But yeah, they're still they're still a little ways away at the moment. So let let's now get into the teams that I think could could move into this role as early as next year. So these these next few teams I'm going to mention are this is a bit more hypothetical because these are teams that that could become potential dynasties through free agency or trades this summer. So the first team or teams that I've got here are the Lakers or the Clippers. Um, now the Clippers they've been they've been talked about as as a potential destination for some of the top free agents this summer. You know, guys like Kawhi or Jimmy Butler or or KD. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about some of those guys potentially signing with them, and if that happens, if they sign one or maybe maybe two maybe via trade or something but if they get one of these guys that would really kind of vault them into championship territory immediately and then with the lakers well i still felt like i should include them but they have not helped their free agency goals or their off-season aspirations one bit since their season finished uh, in april uh, they've basically turned into a bit of a joke of an organization over the past you know, few months, you know, where you've had presidents stepping down, you've had agenda, personal agendas getting in the way of coaching hires and and the continued trade rumors surrounding this team's young core, you know, ever since the trade deadline when there were all the Anthony Davis rumors swirling. That being said, I still felt I needed to include them since they still they still have LeBron James they're still the Lakers at the end of the day and they're still just an Anthony Davis trade away from being legit contenders again and I still think that that could happen this summer if uh, if trade talks resume and then since they're the Lakers you can never rule them out in free agency so if they can go and get another guy in free agency you know like a like a Kyrie or or Kemba if if uh, if Kyrie doesn't pan out or potentially Clay Thompson who would be it's like the the ideal teammate for LeBron if they can get one of those guys then all of a sudden they become the team to beat out west and all the drama and all the controversy that surrounded the the franchise recently that just all goes out the window if they suddenly are, are the best team in the league so I'm still holding out hope for them um but yeah I think one of one of the one of the LA teams are going to be at least one of the LA teams are going to going to be in a pretty good spot next season. Next team I've got on uh, on this list here, I've got the Boston Celtics, and that basically is dependent on whether they can get Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis is going to be one of the biggest determinants of how the NBA will look next year. Wherever he ends up is going to become a... Uh, a contender and a uh, worthy addition to this list. So um, that's that's what matters for Boston, I think, for them to put themselves in dynasty territory. I don't think it matters so much if they if they keep Kyrie or not, um, especially if they manage to land AD. And anyway, I think I think he's out of there anyway. So that's kind of a moot point. 
but um yeah even if they if they retain at least some of their at least some of their young core while potentially adding ad then definitely look for boston to make some noise <laughs> heading into heading into the future and then the final team i've got on this kind of free agency section of the list i've got the new york knicks and obviously going by how the knicks have looked the last couple of seasons it would seem ridiculous to put them on this list but that's just i include them because of all the all the rumors that have been circulating all year about uh you know Kyrie and KD teaming up and going there or potentially you know Kyrie and Jimmy Butler but simply put new york they have they have enough cap space and flexibility to sign two max free agents so that's what's created all this hype and that's what if if they do manage to have a successful offseason then that that's what's going to put them in you know uh championship territory going in going into next year so those are kind of the, those are the four teams that I see that could kind of step in step into this role if free agency and the offseason goes their way. But now the these final two teams I want to touch on are the teams that seem set to kind of assume control of the league as presently constructed. And the first of these teams is the Denver Nuggets. So the Nuggets, they were they were the youngest team in this year's playoffs, and actually, uh, I read somewhere that they were actually the seventh or eighth youngest playoff team in NBA history, and now having gained invaluable playoff experience that includes two game sevens, I mean that will that will only help them going forward. I know their season ended in a very disappointing way, losing game seven at home, but I in no way think they should view this season as a disappointment this is has been an unbelievably successful season for denver and they took a giant step in the right direction towards you know championship territory and of course everything with this team starts with nikola Jokic, who is a transcendent mvp caliber big man who can and maybe will in at some point in the future be the best player on a championship team you've got jamal murray who has emerged as a star in these playoffs and he's just 21 years old so he's going to keep getting better he's not reached his full potential yet you got gary harris who when he's healthy i think he proved in the in the playoffs that he is one of the better three and d two guards in today's league and then you think about the fact that their lottery pick, the Nuggets lottery pick from last year, Michael Porter Jr., hasn't even played yet. So if he can come back and be healthy and be kind of anywhere close to the player that the we all thought he would be before he got drafted, then, I mean, that only further cements Denver's case as being, uh, you know, one of the future powerhouses of this league. And then I, I feel like I have to mention Mike Malone as well, who has established himself as one of the better head coaches around. And like just with, as long with this team, as long as as long as their health holds up and their young guys continue to develop, they can 
um, and they can make the kind of smart moves to maybe bring in more veteran guys. Because um, you look at this year, it was basically just Paul Millsap and nobody else who were, uh, you know, veteran presences in the in the rotation. So they can make those smart moves, add the, a couple more veteran guys. Then this team has all the makings of a of a championship team for the next, you know, five to ten years, or maybe maybe even more. And finally, the the last team I've got on this list is the team who seems most ready right now to kind of take over the league, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks. The obvious choice, but with good reason. For starters, they have arguably the best player in the league right now in Giannis. Um, and if he's not the best player now, he will be. <laughs> Likely in the next couple of years, they've got Chris Middleton, who's the perfect second star next to Giannis. And it's, all signs are pointing to him re-signing with the team this summer. And then Mike Budenholzer is the perfect coach for this team to unlock kind of their full potential around around Yanis. And then, of course, I think I should mention the backcourt of Eric Bledsoe, who's uh, re-signed with, with the Bucks for the next, like, four years, and then Malcolm Brogdon, who are kind of... I, th- I think they're one of the better two-way backcourts in the league. While neither of them may be a 20-point scorer, they are steady and reliable on the offensive end, each being able to give you between 15 and 20 points a night on on very good efficiency, especially in Brogdon's case, who you know had a 50-40-90 season this year. Um, and then, of course, on defense, they're as as good as any backcourt, really, I think. And then this whole Bucks team, because of their, their length and strength at kind of every position, they're also one of the best defensive teams in the league and basically as long as Yanis is healthy and surrounded with with shooters like he is at the moment I don't think it's that bold a prediction to say that the Bucks are going to win multiple championships in this Yanis era over the next over the next 10 years or so and it's because it's because of that how safe I feel saying that that they're going to win some titles is because of that that I've got them in the in the top spot on this list as the most likely team to become the next the next NBA dynasty. But let me know let me know what you think. Uh, hop on Twitter as always at Around the Arc Pod. Find me on there and let let me know which team you think's going to going to kind of assume control of the NBA for the next for the next five years and kind of replace replace what Golden State has done. And with that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for for tuning in guys. It really means a lot. And as always, if you are liking the podcast, if you're if you're finding it good then please do consider go on going on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and leaving leaving a review. Five star preferred, but if uh and if you have any suggestions for the show, they're all welcomed as well. And apart from that, guys, 
Hope you have a great week, and I will see you back here again next week where we will have plenty more NBA stuff to discuss. All right, we'll catch you then. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.